0: You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. I want to talk today about Christmas in the fullness of time. You know, God has, has a time for everything. And it's good to recognize God's timing when you're praying as well. I'm going to start off with Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, To redeem those who were under the law, that he might receive the adoption as sons, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has set forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Now, we also know that when the Bible talks about sons, he's talking about daughters as well. You're not left out, ladies. Amen? Praise the Lord. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son and a daughter. And if a son and a daughter, then you are an heir of God through Christ. As we begin to focus our thoughts on the birth of Christ this Christmas season, I would like to speak to you from basically... Luke's gospel. Luke gives us a very clear story of how things took place. Provides many details about events associated with the birth of Christ. God was about to burst into this world of mankind with a plan devised before he even created the world. Isn't that something? Before the foundation of the world, before God created, before he spoke and said, let there be light. Before he created man in his own image, he already had a plan that one day he would send his one and only son, to become a little baby and to be born in a manger. The lowliest of places to be born so that you and I could have eternal life. Jesus was about to be born and after his birth and death and resurrection to our world, despite all of its poverty and injustice and wars and terrorism, the world has never been the same. With all of the hurt that is going on in the world today, there is hope. There is hope for everyone who will believe and accept God's gift to us. Jesus brought hope. To a dying world. Revelation 13, 8 says, he was a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. First point I want to make today is Jesus' birth was a, a time of expectation and hope for the nation of Israel. This also meant, was meant to be for the whole world as well. It was a time prophesied by the prophets of the Old Testament, and it was fulfilled in the New Testament. The birth of John, Jesus' cousin, was also fore- foretold, John the Baptist. and Isaiah, in chapter 40, verse 38-4, says the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. And every mountain and hill brought low. And the crooked places shall be made straight. And the rough places smooth. And if you would go to to, uh, Luke chapter 3 verses 4 and 6 you would find the exact same words quoted from Isaiah referring to Jesus. Luke reported that an angel told Zechariah, John's father, that the son to be born to him will go before the Lord in the spirit and in the power of Elijah. Luke 1.17 tells us, he will also go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient uh, to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. The virgin birth was also foretold. In Isaiah 7:14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. God coming down to this earth with us. There's this old song, the country gospel song that they sing, He came down to my level when I couldn't get up to his. Amen? Mary conceived by the Holy Spirit so that the child Jesus was the Holy One who would be identified as the Son of God. The angels answered her in Luke chapter 1, verse 35, and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you therefore that also that holy one who is to be born will be called the son of god these prophecies and others fulfilled the nation of israel with a expectation of hope this was during a time when they were under the bondage of the roman empire They couldn't do very much on their own. But God had spoken to them through their prophets. And although there were some, I'm sure, that didn't know anything about it, there were others that had kept in tune with what God was saying in the scriptures, and they were waiting patiently for that day when God's promise would be fulfilled to them, and they would have a redeemer. They would have one that would set them free from the bondage and the slavery of the Roman Empire. And so, the miracle of God's timing had come. I want to speak a little on the miracle of God's timing. You may ask, why would God choose to intervene when He did? The people of Israel had been given prophets to reveal God's future plans. We know from the scripture that they had fallen under the control of sin, living empty, frustrated lives. They were crushed under the weight of the Roman Empire. And their only hope was in the promised Messiah. And the time was right for God to send a Savior. I guess you could look at it in terms of today. Today. They were waiting for his first return, first coming and we are waiting for his second coming. And as we look around us and we see all of the things that are transpiring in our world today, things that when I was born it would take months to know about. We know about it Five minutes after it's happened, it's spread all over the world today. And we say, how much longer will it be before Jesus returns? How much longer will it be before the rapture of the church takes place? We see the signs all around us. And these people were crying out, Lord, how much longer do we have to be in this kind of a bondage? But the time was right for a Savior. It's interesting to note that the role, the role that the Roman Empire played in God's timing. First of all, it was not uncommon for the ancient Romans to travel long distance all across Europe. Actually, during the Roman Empire, Rome had an incredible road network. At its peak, the Roman Empire's stone-paved road network reached 53,000 miles. Isn't that awesome? We're listening to Mr. Trump going to build a wall a few No, 1,000 miles or something, but 53,000 miles of road, paved roads, stone paved roads. That amounts to about 85,000 kilometers for Canadians. Roman roads were made very reliable, they were the most relied on roads in Europe for many centuries after the collapse of the Roman Empire. The empire didn't intentionally spread Christianity, but it did allow it to spread by giving the church certain privileges and rights and freedoms that others in the empire had as well. Even though the empire was evil, God has a way of using evil for his own good purposes. And I'm reminded of Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, when Joseph's brothers came to him after they discovered that he was a governor, now a leader in Egypt, in charge of the finances and the distribution of of grain. And they said, surely he's he's going to get even with us. He's going to get revenge upon us. Joseph's reply was, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Not only the lives of this family, but many other people as well. John 3.16, of course, we, we know this well, for this is how God loved the world He gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. God allowed the Roman Empire to be used as a means to take the gospel to the ends of the empire and beyond. And the ripples of that are still being felt today. And it will be felt throughout all of time. How interesting that God can use a pagan or an evil empire such as the Roman Empire, an evil ruler such as Caesar, to his glory. It is as Solomon wrote in Proverbs 21.1. The king's heart is like a stream of water directed by the Lord. He guides it wherever he pleases. And folks, you want to get political about it, don't complain too much when the man that you wanted to get elected never got elected. The king's heart, the prime minister's heart, is like a stream of water directed by the Lord. He guides it wherever he pleases, whether he knows it or not. I mean, we as believers have got a hope in God. We're not trusting in the political system. We're trusting in God who sets up kings and takes them down in his time. So we always need to encourage ourselves with that. Canada is not doomed. It's not all over because your favorite politician didn't get elected this year. God's got a greater plan. It's just like when you go, uh, you're you're out of a job and you're looking for work, and you say, oh, this is the job, this is the job, I saw the application, I got my application in, oh, I want that, I want that. And then you find out you didn't get that. For those of us who believe, we refuse to be discouraged by something like that. Because we believe that if I didn't get that, then God's got something better than that. I thought that that was good, but God said, that's not good enough for my son. That's not good enough for my daughter. I want better for you. So hold on for the best. Let God express to you his joy over you. The birth of a baby would do what no other authority or invention of man could. One day that babe, full grown, would stand and say, in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I thank God that over 50 years ago, I experienced that abundant life. It hasn't waned one little bit. It is just as strong and just as vibrant and just as real to me now as the day when I asked Jesus Christ to become my Savior. I experience that abundant life. The birth of Jesus God, at, in the birth of Jesus, God acted decisively to bring new life to individuals and transformation to human lives in the person of his son god has extended to humanity an invitation to new life and hope so my final point today is our responsible our response to god's intervention it's very important God, The Old Testament foretold the coming of a day when God would step into this world of darkness to bring light and hope. A child would be born, a son given, and that one would bear the name Emmanuel, God with us. Isaiah 9 and 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, And the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isn't that awesome? Matthew 1, 23 says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel which is translated, God with us. You can read about Zechariah's response when he discovered that he was going to be the father of a child. And Zechariah was visited by an angel in Luke chapter 1, verses 5 to 25. And he was given the announcement that his wife would bear a very special son. He would be the forerunner of the Messiah, forerunner of Jesus. And uh, the angel said to Zechariah, Zechariah said to the angel rather, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. Luke 1.18. How shall I know this? I'm an old man. And my wife is well advanced in years. He knew he was talking to an angel. His response was one of hesitation and doubt. How can I be sure? I'm an old man. My wife is well along in years. Now this is spoken from an older religious man. This is not someone who is ignorant of the scriptures. He knows the scriptures. He's one of those who is looking and waiting for the Messiah. Zechariah's doubt was based upon his understanding of nature. I'm an old man. My wife is an old woman. We're past the age of childbearing. Many of us often hesitate to believe for the same reason. We lay aside what the Bible teaches and try to reason about our situation and what we're facing. Sometimes it may be healing. A toothache, okay, Lord, I can believe you for that. But I don't know about a hip replacement. I don't know about a heart attack. I don't know about my marriage. I don't know about my children. I've got a list of reasons why it's not going to happen, Lord. We lay aside the word. And we allow our mind with that great computer that we can see. The big long list of why a miracle cannot happen. And we leave out the most important book of all the ages. God's word to us. That says with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. There were not too many people, including the doctors, that would have ever said that I would be back here in less than a year preaching the gospel again. But we refused to believe by reasoning. And we stood on God's word and we had a a church family that believed with us. And you see the results here this morning. If this was a sermon different than this, I could be jumping and shouting and walking all over the place. God has restored me, and I'm thankful for it. We think there must be a natural way for God to answer our prayers. But God is not bound or restricted to the usual or the natural. Expect the supernatural when you pray. You can read Mary's response to God's intervention in Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38. Like Zacharias, Mary too questioned, How will this be since I'm a virgin? But there's a difference here. Zacharias was a man who was well versed in the scriptures. Mary was a teenager, and as far as I know in Scripture, it was the boys who got the teaching. Mary would have heard it from her family, whatever she knew about God. She says in Luke chapter 134, to the angel, how can this be, since I, I do not know a man? The angel quoted the Old Testament prophecy, Isaiah 4, 17, A virgin shall bear a child, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. There was to be no human father. The power of the Holy Spirit was to overshadow and impregnate her, and the child to be born would be God's son. Luke 1.35, the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is was born will, will be called the Son of God. And Mary responded to God's intervention with such beautiful childlike faith. She never doubted a supernatural birth, though she was a single virgin. There is a blessing to those who believe in spite of doubt. You see, Thomas, you remember Thomas? They told him Jesus is alive. And he said, unless I see the holes in his hands and I can place my hand in the hole in his side, I will not believe. And when Jesus appeared to him, he said, Thomas, don't doubt. Come, put your finger in my, this is where the nail went in, probably right here. He said, just feel. And here's the hole in my side where they put the spear in. Put your hand there. And Thomas said, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said, Thomas, blessed are you because you have seen and believe. But blessed are those who have not seen and they believe. That's faith. To go by reasoning is not faith. Faith is believing because God said it. I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know where, but I know he's going to do it because his word has promised. There is a blessing for those who respond with perfect childlike faith. Mary's faith response, according to the Old Testament law, would have resulted in her being uh, executed by stoning. Joseph could have refused to go through with the marriage. Yet in spite of all these things, Mary was willing to trust God and in Luke chapter 8, verse 38, she said, Behold, servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. We all, who are parents, have the experience of telling your child something and they're believing you without question. That's what God wants you and I to be like. He said, unless you become as a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. He wants us to trust him. He's faithful. He's truth. He's not going to tell you a lie. He'll catch you If you fall he'll hold your hand in those difficult places in fact he'll carry you so in conclusion this morning my prayer for each one of us here today is that we would all learn to cast all of our care all of our doubt all of our fear and learn to trust in God with a simple childlike faith. Folks, it will make our lives so much less complicated. When we stray away from that childlike faith, we're asking for problems. We allow fear to enter in. We allow doubt to enter in. We become filled with anxiety and stress and all kinds of medical problems. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path." Effie and I have stood on that scripture for years and years and years. The first time I was made aware of it, a little woman in our congregation of about 30 people When everybody on a Sunday morning would stand and give a testimony of what God was doing in their lives. And she quoted that scripture. Got a hold of my heart and I went home and I found it in my Bible and I underlined it. And every Bible that I've had since then, I've underlined it and I've memorized it. And when I'm 90 and 9, I'll still be quoting that one. Amen? Yes. Praise the Lord. Jesus' birth offers a life turned around and transformed by the power of God. Jesus came at just the right time. And ever since, he presents us with a message of abundant life and hope and freedom. And it's not just for me. It's for my wife. It's for my children. It's for my grandchildren. And I pray to live to see the seed of day of my great great grandchildren. It is forever as many as the Lord our God shall call. As we enter this Christmas season, Make the God of hope fill you with his love and his hope, his joy. If you do not have a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, this is your time to accept him. Jesus can be your personal Savior today. And he'll stick with you until you draw the last breath and then you will go and be present with him forever in eternity, whatever that looks like. I know we all have some sort of an idea what it's going to be like when you die, but I don't think we're capable. Our human minds are not capable of understanding what it's like to step from time into eternity. Gonna be better than this, I know that. And I'm sure enjoying this. I don't want to die today. <laughs> I'm enjoying life. I don't know about you. Life is good. Amen. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. Anytime you are presented with the gospel is the right time to repent. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. This is my last scripture. For he says. In an acceptable time. I have heard you. And in the day of salvation. I have helped you. Behold now. Is the accepted time. Behold now is the day of salvation. If you don't know the Lord today. You couldn't. Ask for a better Christmas than to spend it as a child of God. Born again. Washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Cleansed from every sin. If you've been walking a thin line, seeing how close you can get to the edge and not fall over, I would ask you to reconsider that today. I know that God's grace is great. I know that the only way that you can ever lose your salvation is to trample God's name under your feet. Turn away from God and go into sin like you've never been saved. For me, that would be a dangerous thing to do. I know all the, the, the different ideas and the different doctrines that are going around. But I want to stay as close to Jesus as I can. I don't want to see how far away I can be from him and still be a Christian. That's not wise. Somewhere along the way, God is just and somewhere along the way, somehow some way if i'm unfaithful to him there's a price to be paid in eternity i could be dogmatic and say some things that i know would tread on some people's toes i don't want to do that I just want you to know what God's Word says. I want you to know a relationship with God, that if you will accept them into your heart, that He will give you a joy and a peace that you never knew. And I know for me, a lot of the stuff that I did before I was a Christian, when I became a Christian, after a while I didn't want to do those things anymore. It's just that your relationship with him becomes so strong and so powerful and so loving that all you want to do is please him. It's just like my relationship with Effie. I wouldn't do anything that displeases her. Sometimes I joke with her and do things, but I would do nothing that would hurt her because I love her. I would do nothing that would hurt my Lord because I love him. And I mess up just like you do. But I stand on another verse of scripture. If we sin, he's talking to the church, if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And so whenever I'm aware that I've done wrong, I can say, Lord, forgive me. And he forgives me. My life and your life is an open book to him. You can't tell him a thing that he says, Oh, I didn't know that. He knows exactly what you're talking about. So if you don't know him this morning, I'm going to give you an opportunity. If You say, Pastor, I'm not born again. I've never been born again. I want to be. Would you raise your hand right now? Anyone in this room? You're not born again, but you want to be. Anyone who's struggling with your faith and say, I'm not quite sure I'm, I'm born again. I don't know. I'm confused. Raise your hand. I want to pray for you. We're all ready for Christmas. Everything is right with God. That's a great way to be. Amen? I always feel a need to make an opportunity for people because you never know. It could be just one person. Every soul is important to God every person so Heavenly Father we just want to thank you today you have been so good to us and Lord you've showed your love by giving us Jesus and we have accepted your wonderful gift into our lives I pray Lord that you will just bless us as we go to our different homes today or go for coffee with somebody or whatever Lord may our conversation be honoring to you I pray for family family members Lord who may be straying from the truth maybe sons and daughters who've been with us in church and Sunday school up until the time they left home and then lost out with you we pray for them we pray in fact for every prodigal son and daughter that once served you and now Lord are called They find themselves like the prodigal son in the Bible who was feeding on the husk of the, that the pigs would eat and came to himself and said why am I doing this There's plenty of food in my father's house. Even my father's servants have more than I have. I'm going to go back to father. I'm going to say, father, I've sinned. Forgive me, dad, I've sinned. And we know the story. The father received him with open arms. And so, Lord, you will receive our sons and our daughters our grandsons, and our granddaughters, our fathers and our mothers, our sisters and our brothers. You will receive them if they will just come back to you. So, Lord, we thank you for the hope that we have in you. And we thank you, Lord, that you are our God. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. Lord, bless you. If you don't get back for the Christmas Eve service, we pray that you'll have a great Christmas. And if you, if you can get back to the Christmas Eve service, come, bring your family, bring your friends. Who knows what God will do? We'll have a much shorter message, but our God is still the same God. Amen? Praise the Lord. Amen. You have been listening to Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.